this is going to be a tremendous episode. As always, we're going to be talking today about conversational AI in retail, the opportunities and the value that conversational AI can bring in retail. I'm going to get to that in just one moment. But first, I need to tell you about the Unpassed Conference, which is coming along pretty nicely. Tickets are selling every day. We've almost sold half the tickets for the event now, which is uh, very surprising and very uh, infusing as well. Uh, Unpass is going to be all about conversation design best practice, the best way to implement conversational AI assistance, regardless of what industry you're involved in. Uh, you will learn all of the best practice at this event. We've got supreme speakers in the conversation design community who are going to be there. People like Rebecca Evanhoe, um, Karen Koshansky from Google. Uh, we have Lisa Falkson from Amazon. Uh, a whole bunch of, of unbelievable talent that have been doing this stuff for literally, in some cases, decades. And so a lot of people are thinking that like prompt engineering is like this brand new uh, practice, but people have been designing conversational interfaces and conversational systems between humans and computers for decades. And if you want to learn some of the age-old and things that are still applicable now and always will be in terms of best practice for creating human-computer interactions using natural language uh, uh, processing, then you want to be at Unparsed. You can go to unparsedconf.com to buy your tickets, and if you use the promo code VUXWORLD, all together, all in one word, you will save 50% on the tickets. That won't last for too much longer, uh, so I would do recommend you go there and do that right now. All right, now then, on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Gopi Polavarapu, who is a VP, senior VP at Core AI, and he's going to be talking us through some of the experiences and some of the opportunities for conversational AI in retail. Gopi, welcome to VUX World, my friend. Thanks, Ken Sims. Uh, thanks for having me on the, on the podcast. No problem. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining me. I always appreciate it when people dedicate their time and, and to come and share their expertise with uh, with the world. So I definitely appreciate you. Nice bit of merch you've got on there. Seeing the Core AI merch, I'm uh, definitely a fan of a bit of merch, as you probably are aware. Yeah, we're trying to compete with you. <laughs> we have merch, everything. People don't usually see this, but I've even got a yellow earring in here. Yeah, uh, yeah. We do, yeah, we we do not tire. <laughs> But uh, but yeah no it's a it's a it's a pleasure to have you so tell us tell us a bit about yourself uh, Gopi I mentioned there you're a senior VP sure. at Core AI what do you do at Core AI and, and tell us a bit about yourself. So I joined Core AI nine months ago to drive us more into the growth verticals for us and I I lead uh, four verticals here retail uh, travel hospitality and food services uh, from vertical perspective and we started with retail because retail means all shopping so if you look at manufacturers they want to go on digital and start selling through their digital channels to their customers and reach customers directly. You can see Teslas of the world are selling their cars online. Uh, almost every manufacturer, everyone is actually looking at retail, whether it's digital or storefront. And we see this as a great opportunity because there is no other vertical that has so many customer interactions than retail does. The amount of business that happens in retail is almost $27 trillion at a global level. So you can imagine how many interactions happen. People buy things, return things. There is so much interaction that needs to happen, and there's huge opportunity for conversational AI to kind of go and automate some of those things that happen in this space. So I'm truly excited about retail as an industry. And uh, my background, I came from uh, Zebra Technologies, where I led software business groups within uh, within the business. Uh, uh, worked in frontline space because Zebra sells into pretty much every frontline with barcode scanning. Wherever there's a barcode scanning, we were there. So I was fortunate enough to 
uh, work with frontline people, understand their workflows, uh, both from an employee perspective as well as from an experience perspective. Nice. Um, what's interesting about retail is like compared to some of the other industries that a lot of uh, value and opportunity exists for conversationally are, ah, you know, you've got banking, financial services, and those kind of things. But for an individual person, like yeah. it, you don't necessarily use your bank every single day. You probably yeah. might not ever need to use your insurance provider. That's the whole point of insurance, really, is that, like it's just there in case right. you need it, but you shouldn't really have to need it. Um, hospitality, you know, not everybody stays in a hotel room every week. And so but with retail in particular, especially if you're a certain type of retailer, the the amount of touch points and the amount of customer interactions you have is huge, isn't it? Because you know, people do tend to buy something every day if it's groceries or if it's a drink or if it's bits and bobs, you know, like the the amount of volume and the amount of opportunities to have connections with kind of individual customers. I, I, I Correct me if I'm wrong, I, I might just be, this might not be true at all, but like it seems as though retail has a lot more volume to contend with and a lot more frequent interactions with customers. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, you can see the rise of uh, e-commerce companies in the last 10 years has been tremendous in terms of their order purchase rates. Uh, people coming into the market, creating their own digital stores, it's growing every day. I mean, rise of Shopify is an example. We can take an example how many people are using these platforms to go sell to customers and reach to customers. We as consumers, uh, the customer buying patterns have changed, obviously, thanks to COVID. It accelerated a lot of people buying from home and looking for various omni-channel ways to receive products, deliver them to home, you know, at home or on the curbside. If you're buying something in a, in a grocery store, you want to drive by and pick up your stuff. So the whole ecosystem has changed a lot. Where the the on the other side, retailers have not evolved both from a tech stack perspective or from people perspective to serve this kind of customer demand, on demand, anyway, anytime, anywhere. They want to buy products and get services. So it's only possible by creating digital channels to enable the scale that uh, the retailer has seen. Mm. And like the the question I have is is why why is conversational AI valuable for retailers? Now, what I'll preface, preface that because anyone who knows yeah. me knows for a fact that I understand that conversational AI is valuable for all industries in all kinds of areas. But the reason why I wanted to preface preface this is because. Unlike some other types of companies who kind of can probably get away with having poor self-service, you know, if, if you're if you're if you're a bank or a government organization or whatever, like the, the you're, although they might be trying to you know improve their self-service journeys, obviously they want to try and improve the self-service journeys, but like historically those companies haven't been fantastic at kind of self-service provision and so conversational right. ai you can see being tremendous value for those type of companies because it allows them to sort of like leapfrog all of the hard work of making really streamlined efficient digital journeys and go right. straight towards kind of providing that sort of like self-service capability with conversational AI. retailers because of the volumes that they have it is in their best interest for retailers to make sure that every single part of their digital journey is absolutely seamless and foolproof. And, you know, you look at Amazon's like click one-click purchase thing for a long time. It's all about reducing friction, reducing abandonment rates, making sure that all of the information customers need is there on the website so they don't have to leave the website to go to, to a competitor. So, like, you would imagine that retailers have a culture and hopefully a, a kind of practice and track record of providing pretty effective self-service d- 
digital journeys. So if you're a retailer listening to this and you think to yourself, well, our self our self service journeys are pretty effective, our website's fairly effective. What are the kind of challenges that conversational AI would be helping solve for those type of companies? So conversationally, I can be used in multiple aspects of retail as an industry. You know, one, it starts with employee and associate enablement. Today, the churn is high. You can't find labor. Uh, some demographics are still buying. If you look at e-commerce in general, right, it's still 30%. 70% of the business is still brick and mortar. So that is the reality of retail, right? So obviously, e-commerce has a double-digit growth. It's growing significantly higher. But there is still 70% of the demographic that goes and taps the shoulder of an associate and he or she may not know the answer because they're not trained, they just joined the job, they're not already there. So that's one way where you can use conversational AI to enable that employees with a push of a button on their walkie-talkie, they can ask a question about where do I find a backpack or where do I find certain things in a planogram or what's the price of certain product? Do we have this particular product in stock? So these are the questions that consumers have. So associates today, they cannot answer these things. They try to find it. And the experience is, 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 is not great. And the other side, retailers are having a hard time to hire people because you know there are very few people that are interested in working in it's these kind of problem. jobs, So which makes it harder for retailer. You have less and less people. The, the wages are going up on the retail side. Thanks to Amazon, the minimum pays are now $18. So they almost have to pay twice what they used to pay three, four years ago. And, and now they have to serve more channels to their customers it's increasingly hard for retailers to staff of the people. So what we can do is we can enable and augment those employees with conversational AI so that it's self-service enabled within the store with QR codes. You can scan a QR code and look for help, self-help within the store. If I'm walking into the store looking for information on refrigerator, you scan the QR code, the bot comes up and it helps answer the questions to those consumers so that they're getting self-service without talking to an associate. And there'll be some demographics that will always ask tap the shoulder and ask a question. So the employees can push a button or look into their smartphone and ask the same question and answer the question the customer is asking. So that's how we're looking at conversational helping associates. That's the first aspect of it. The second aspect of it is today, if you call any retail store, uh, nobody picks a phone call. It's because they don't have people that are trained. One is trained. They're not. That's not their primary job because they need to replenish stock on the shelf. That is their primary job. So they're having a hard time. The consumer wants to call. Let's say I call a retail store to order a kit, and nobody picks the calls. So that's the last opportunity for not hearing those things. So how do you automate those calls with conversational AI coming in so that you can automate those calls coming in, at least understand what the customer is saying, take those orders that you're not currently taking so that the customers are not losing to some other competitor of theirs or going to a nearby bakery to place an order. So this is an opportunity where all the calls coming in to the stores could be automated where you're serving the customer uh, you know, uh, at, uh, and providing all the information they need to complete a transaction. So that's the second aspect of it. And the third aspect of it is today, retailers are using chatbots primarily for support, which is returns, order tracking, or it could also be possible that they want to return something, they have a conflict, or they have received from broken, or they may have a question about how do I install this thing? So. Uh, today, that is information is all available. How do you make it handy and personalize those things? Because this is all about personalization when it comes to digital channels where I don't want to know everything that you sell. I want to know certain things about what I wanted to buy and how can you help me buy those things quickly. Uh, the example is if I want to go to a search engine and ask a question, I want to buy a red Jordans of size 10. 
if I type this thing in a search engine, it just takes me everything. Right? It gives me some size 10, some red, some Jordans. It does not really show what it needs to show, which is moving that search from results into answers, which is where the industry is heading with conversational AI. That is what's going to be powerful by using conversational AI to enable pre-sales aspect of it, discovery of it, and providing consumers what they need in a hyper-personalization scenario. So these are the three, three kind of solutions that we're looking at from where conversational AI and generative AI come together to solve those pain points for them. Mm, very nice. Very does. You're speaking my language there about uh, Red Jordans, definitely. Uh, <laughs> so... I, it's interesting because I actually was anticipating that you would mention that latter example first because that's the first kind of use case I think people would think of is things like providing a better experience on the site itself. Like every website suffers from this and retailers are, are no different, which is that there is only so much that you can fit on a single page. And for certain product types like TVs and stuff like that, there's a lot of information that you kind of can access potentially. But even as something as simple as finding out like the refresh rate of a TV, for argument's sake, if you're someone who cares about right. that, it may be buried somewhere in the page. It might be on another tab somewhere within a kind of like a little yeah. sort of widget on the page. So even though the information is there... A conversational interface can help consolidate all of the different pages and tabs and all that other stuff and stick it all together in, in, in one sort of place. Like, but it's interesting, the other two areas you mentioned, because I was anticipating you were going to say, you know, make the website better first. But actually, those other two areas are huge, yeah. you know? That's right, because at the end of the day, if you look at the business volume, right, 70% of the business is still brick and mortar. Right, so I'm looking at retail as an industry. If the 70% of retail is having brick and mortar, enabling brick and mortar is also as important as enabling their e-commerce business. On the e-commerce, mm -hmm. there's multiple ways you can solve. Right, everybody is in the digital strategy right now. How do I be self providing self-service digitally on the web? But if you look at the trends, the lot of the traffic is coming from mobile devices. So you cannot go to mobile device within the tiny screen try to find products. So conversationally has to come in to help them what the need. So some of the examples we're looking at from customers is, hey, I have a birthday party for my kid. Uh, my kid wants to have an Iron Man theme party, and we have 20 guests coming. How do I use generative AI to create a shopping list, as an example, right? So that mm -hmm. I'm not thinking about how do I find these 20 things. Make it easy for consumer when they come in and use this technology to solve those pain points, which is what's beyond what people are using today. If you look at any company today in e-commerce, they're just using for post-sales support. Nobody's using this technology on the pre-sales side, which is how do I enable and increase my revenue rather than focusing on cutting down my costs using self-service. Uh, this is a transformational shift that Generative AI brings where you can use this technology to create a shopping cart so that you don't need to go and look for everything that you need for an event. Nice. And that's a great example of how, you know, you're moving, in that example, you're moving from sort of like... I'm, I'm putting on a party and I need to then try and figure out what I need and make myself a list in my notes app or whatever and then go to the website and my task on the website is finding all right. the right things that I already know about. And I think that's probably okay. what kind of like a lot of retailers are, are being invested in things like search. Making sure the website search is, is good because they believe and, and up until now perhaps rightly – is that people are coming to the site trying to search for specific stuff. But I think what was interesting about what you alluded to there, certainly on with the generative side, is that rather than uh, customers coming to your website looking for very specific products, you enable a yeah. new use case, which is helping people actually solve a specific problem. Like, I want to achieve That's this outcome. Right. 
you figure out what the actual detail is that that's needed for me to achieve that outcome. You put together the shopping list. You put together all of the kind of bits and pieces behind the scenes and all the complexity just to give me an output, essentially. It's an interesting way of thinking about it rather than task-based. You're moving more towards needs-based, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely right, right? So it can you can pick anything. Obviously, generative AI will ask a bunch of questions like your budget, you know, what kind of food you like, you know. They can ask all of these things. And this is an upside opportunity for retailers that they're not serving today. Uh, otherwise, they'll buy something in Party City, they'll buy something somewhere else. So it, it's spread across multiple vendors today. And it's nightmare for me as a consumer saying, why do I have to go through all these things when I can have these things? I could also ask my, okay, Google, hey, Google, I want to buy these things. Hey, Amazon, Alexa, I want to. I have a party coming up. Uh, create a shopping list for me. It is, it is the shopping list. And all you need to do is tell the budget and it will place the order for you and you get it. So you can mm -hmm. enable all these conversational engines so that the experience becomes much seamless for you as a consumer. Yeah. And that example there of um, you said there that like you could use generative AI to ask a few qualification questions like what's your budget, how many people are going to be there, stuff like that. What what is the value of generative AI in that instance? Because you could, in theory, do that same thing with a more traditional NLU system. Tell me how many people are going to be there. Tell me what your budget is. Tell me what kind of theme your kids are into or whatever. Um, I suppose that would have its limitations thereafter in, I suppose, actually going and generating the kind of products that you may want for that part you know, i wonder if you can share like in that instance what, what what do you think the value of the generative ai is compared to trying to do the same thing with a, a more traditional nlu so i think generative ai kind of knows the you know uh, what happens in a theme like for example iron man what are the things you need to create on a shopping list what all you need you need paper cups paper plates you know what are the things that go sit in the party is all something that generative ai can provide you with a shopping cart once you have the shopping cart, then you need to go and look at your inventory of products that you have in your in your store and then map it to the product, which is where companies like Core AI comes in because we have our search research product where we ingest all the web data through their PIM, which is their product information page, and then ingest all the data. Now we're searching for matching products like Iron Man Place. The examples like I gave you around Red Jordan size 10 uh, with our technology and generative AI, we're able to pinpoint to the exact product, which is your search is not resulting into results. It's resulting into an answer. So when it results into an answer, that is where the generative AI is helping you to identify what is that you're looking for. Then we will go and look for that and provide an answer. So this is where generative AI and search are coming together to solve these pain points by combing through the data around their website with all the products they have. Mm, nice, nice. That's wicked. Um, we've got some videos to share. I think we should we'll, we'll yep. get into the first one now because it's it's kind of in line with with what we've been discussing here around those kind of like three kind of main areas of, of use cases that you mentioned. So we'll play the first one now. If you're listening on a podcast, you will be able to hear it. Uh, if you're tuning in live, they're they're I don't know about a minute long, something like that. So this is an example of one of those employee kind of management use cases you were talking about where someone in store yep. can use a, an assistant to help them with with getting stuff done so we'll play this little video i'll give you a bit of a glimpse of what the kind of use case we're talking about and then we're gonna have a bit of a discussion about uh about the practicalities of bringing about a use case like that after picking up his items john realizes he forgot to pick up a new backpack for his daughter's first day at school he runs back in the store 
Instead of wasting time, he finds the nearest associate for help. The associate can then use their device, which could be an Android, Zebra, or even a walkie-talkie, to quickly and efficiently pull up the information using only their voice. Where are backpacks? Backpacks are on the right corner on the second floor. Are they in stock? This store does not have backpacks in stock, but I see that it's available at the Cherry Hill store. Thanks to Retail Assist, he's able to summon the information and serve it to the customer with ease, enhancing both the customer and employee experience. But the employee benefits don't stop there. Retail Assist is also great at retail staffing inquiries like PTO requests. Show my leave balance. Apply PTO. Got it. You would like some time off. Please select a start and end date. Additionally, store service facilities and IT issues can also be handled. Printer is not working. I'm working on it. Okay, I checked for any related issues, and I don't see anything reported. Do you want to report an issue? Yes, report this. The assistant will walk through the ticket creation process, asking for the urgency of the issue and a brief description. It will also keep you updated with any status updates. All right. <clears throat> that looks pretty good. Looks good to me. What's What I like about that is um, we were talking a little bit earlier about how what a conversational user interface will do, or a conversational assistant is, take all of the information that's scattered around a website and scattered across a page and kind of aggregate it all into one unified kind of single point of contact on the front end. And that's the same sort of thing we've just witnessed there really isn't it with the kind of employee assistant is that yes it's there and it's helping them in store with customers but in also it's bringing in other data and other capabilities from other systems that allows staff to get stuff done so it's it's that same sort of approach isn't it which is consolidating multiple systems and data points into a single unified front end that is correct. Yeah, I think essentially you're serving here employees with everything that they need. Uh, as a simple example, we talked about systems of record, which is, you know, how much inventory they have, what's their planogram look like. You know, as a new employee comes in, imagine I just joined the job today and I don't know who's who in the zoo. You know, I don't know what products are where. So typically retailers put them on training for a couple of weeks. We can avoid all of that. Put them on the job day one. You give this... Uh, uh, device with them, they have their headphones on, they push a button, ask a question. So we have done the hardware integration with the walkie-talkies and uh, you know, like some Zebra devices so that you can push a button, ask a question. So the user experience becomes easy for employee. All I need to do is somebody taps your shoulder, push a button, ask a question. Uh, point of sale is broken and we can give them instructions on how to restore those things. I mean, you can see every retailer is now moving to self-service with, uh, with the point of sale. So if those point of sales goes down, then you have customers lining up and IT may come back a day or two after because they're not on site in most of the stores. So you have a point of sale out, out of uh, service. You can go and fix it with instructions where we can provide step-by-step -step guidance to them to fix those things. As an example, how they can keep their store running effectively. Or we could also provide them standard uh, process. Like a new employee says, what is cycle count? How do I do cycle count? What is the process for it? So you can use this tool to train them step-by-step step, uh, by ingesting documents, uh, by providing them responses that, are, that they need. And we're using generative AI because I may ask the question in 10 different ways. So 
So we're able to comprehend what it is saying and then generate a response so that they can understand. So you can lay it down to the to the employee to their level so they understand what it is because you don't use the words like skew. They don't know what the hell is skew is. You need to explain what it is. So we can come back and explain those things where generative AI can, based on the employee's knowledge, it can alter and provide the right response to that. Mm, very nice. Um, that's interesting. The it seems as though like a lot a lot of what we've been so we've gone through different phases if, from from what I can see in conversational AI. Like from probably like 2017 when it was all about voice assistants, and yep. the vision then was that you know Alexa, Google Assistant, etc. They will be these ambient platforms really that will allow you to do whatever you want to do wherever you are and and all that sort of stuff and the the vision for that was that because it's all you need really is access to a mic and the internet then you can access alexa from anywhere and amazon went on a massive spree to try and get alexa put everywhere and stuff and then obviously from that perspective like the platform itself with it being a closed platform it had limitations as far as skill discoverability and engagement and stuff like that and so very difficult for Amazon to really make a, a splash in this kind of realm. And then we kind of went from that into people were starting to focus on bit, taking the component parts out of a, a voice assistant like an Alexa and being able to then apply that to other use cases like in the contact center, for example. And then platforms like Core AI kind of spring up uh, over the last sort of five, six years or so in order to enable companies to do that. And then, yeah. and then a lot of the activity gets put on, a lot of the attention gets put on building chatbots on websites and building contact center agents. And then that whole vision for this kind of like ambient computing kind of system where any microphone is an access point to a system kind right. of got lost for a little bit while companies were figuring out how to utilize this technology. And it seems as though like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth because I'd be interested in, in hearing your thoughts about this, which is that, it seems as though through pursuing use cases like this, you're extending the, the platform capabilities beyond being able to just take phone calls and handle text chat messages so that yeah. you can end up with a platform that not like Alexa from the point of view of like it's Alexa everywhere and it's Alexa services, but from the point of view of giving users or businesses the ability to put conversational their own conversational AI uh, on, on any on, in any in in any surface or on any surface, basically. That Does is that sound think, right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Right, that's exactly what we're doing. We're taking all the data that's out there, both on the website, because no one would know everything on the product that they sell. Right? Imagine a retailer; no one in the department knows everything. So we can enable those employees with the knowledge we have. That because we're already building a chatbot for their website, we already know everything. This every SKU they have, every product they have. So if somebody asks a question, hey, can this particular refrigerator have, can do uh, you know, a water filter replacement, how do I do that? I would not know the answer, but I can push a button and ask that question uh, to provide that answer to the consumer. So it's all about enabling employees to serve the customers better when somebody is coming to the store. Mm. Absolutely. And you mentioned there that you've, you've done a lot of the heavy lifting in certain areas, like making sure that this can be deployed onto a walkie-talkie, making sure it can be deployed onto a, a Zebra device, things like that. That's a lot of kind of work on the the kind of making the connectivity parts accessible, making sure that people can access yeah. the platform in that respect. But once you've, once you've got access to the platform, 
the challenge then is that the platform needs to be kind of useful in terms of the for its ability to cater for the use case. So you mentioned there that you know um, you you'll do the hard work of, around like bringing all of these data points together. But for the example that we saw, which was where do I find X Y Z backpack in this shop sort of thing, and you've got yep. a, you've got a member of staff who is a brand new member of staff just turning up to work, you know, little training, but they've got their earpiece. What is required in bringing up bringing about that kind of use case like does every retailer have a map of all the stores where all of the items are and it's just as simple as plugging that in like because i can imagine that different retailers have got different setups as far as data and stuff is concerned so i'm just wondering if you can share maybe some common challenges that some retailers might be facing in being able to plug all of their infrastructure into uh, a conversational ai system like that yeah, I think every retailer is looking at omni-channel support, which enables the digital side, right? Uh, if you look at top retailers, they're enabling in-store mode for their apps. So when you're in the shop, you can use their mobile app to go find what is where. Some of them have even used AR technology to kind of navigate to you the path within the store to get to the product you're looking for. Because the biggest problem is you go to stores like Home Depot or Lowe's, uh, you, you don't know where to find what, and you can go to their website and search for the product. And all of these companies are carrying a particular screw where the location is. They call planogram. I mean, everyone has a planogram and they change it based on every store, the demographics they're serving, what do they keep where, obviously marketing and merchandising. And that's their job on how to put the store layout. And they know exactly which particular product goes to what rack, what row, what bay, so that they, that data is already there for the digital world. Because when you're buying online, they need the data. Somebody is buying, trying to go buy in the store or pick up in the store. Companies like Shopify, uh, you know, uh, have enabled these technologies on the digital front. But companies like Instacart are going and picking up stuff in the store. So there is enough data that's available in terms of planogram where you can enable all of the data back to those employees so that the new employee knows exactly where certain product is in the store. Mm, nice. That's good. That's good. Um. Well, did you have to do anything in particular to get this working? Because in in certain retail stores, there may be uh, lots of noise, background noise, things like that. Have you had to do anything specific on the voice side? Because you know, then you're you're, in, you're you're dealing with devices that have got different mic setups and stuff like that. Some have got earpieces, some might be walkie talkies. Like whole bunch of different sort of considerations there, specifically on the voice front. Was there anything in particular you had to do differently in in order to get this up and running? So we picked enterprise devices. The reason why we don't promote like consumer Android phones is we don't know if that particular phone has multiple microphones in it to can do noise cancellation in it. So that is why we're working with the top vendors in the space like Zebra or Motorola who actually have these devices that are really built for noisy environment. And they use it today. I mean, we look at any retail store, they're using either a Motorola walkie-talkie or some kind of walkie-talkie that's enterprise grade that can handle the noise cancellation today. So all we're doing is we're piggybacking on the hardware and picking the right vendors. And on our side, we have various noise cancellation on ISR TTS that we can actually do to reduce all of that and understand and comprehend what the customer is saying. Nice. Perfect. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, there was also some one, one final thing about that video that I, that I wanted to bring up, which is quite good, is that a lot of the, I would say... I don't even want to say less mature because it, it's not it's not a, it's not about maturity necessarily necessarily it's it's mostly about uh, the approach of the designer and the tools they have available. So most of the chatbots, for example, today 
will use predominantly dialogue as as the main UI component, obviously. Yeah. Some of them, depending on the platform, this is where it starts to get into the, the capabilities of the platforms. Because some of them, for example, will be using a platform that allows you to use suggestion chips, for example. Some will yeah. be using a platform that allows you to present images or carousels or embed videos or something like that. It's less common, you know. It's more common to have suggestion chips, and a lot of people will right. kind of fall back on the suggestion or use it as guardrails in the interaction. Um, it's less common to have it be more kind of interactive and immersive. But what you in that video was shown there was a lot of other types of UI elements that are not always typically found in typical chatbots, date pickers right. and stuff like that. Like, wondering if you can share a little bit about like your approach to providing kind of capabilities over and above simply text in, text out. Yeah, I think, uh, for example, the use case I mentioned to you, like a point of sale broke down, a self-service. So a quick one-minute video would make it much easier than a lot of words, right? So you can play the video, understand where things are broken, what should I go and look for to fix those things? Or take an example, during COVID, every employee was trained on how to clean the point of sale, just like for sanitization purposes, right? This is like a quick bit of training that you can provide, So which is why we're adding videos. And if a customer is coming, sometimes they don't know what they're looking for. Hey, you can always show the image and ask them, is this what you're looking for? So that visual interface is always helpful because sometimes consumer does not know everything they need to know. If you're looking for three-eighths of a screw, how the hell am I going to look at it? If I see the image, what kind of screw? I mean, it could be multiple types of screws, right? So you could show some examples to them on the images and use the visual interface as a way to educate the customer. Mm, nice. And ask questions. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, cool. So let's move on. We've got a second video now. We've got uh, this one is all around uh, contact center solutions. So we 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 uh, we've spoken on it very very briefly. Um, the issue, and, and I've seen retailers in the UK actually facing this problem, which is that, and I'm sure that there's many who are in a very similar situation, which is you have one number basically that everyone phones, yeah. and if you're if you're you've done some work, then that number will hit a IVR of some description, which will point people in different directions. If you've done even more work than that, you might have a voice enabled, um, route in assistant. Very few of them do. Yeah. I wish more of them had it because sometimes it's an absolute nightmare. B and Q, if you're yeah. listening, I'll call them out. Absolutely. Um, so, but most, uh, no, not most, I, I, I'm going to data behind that, but a lot have still kind of physical switchboards, basically, you know, yeah, calls yeah. come into one place and because of the fact that you might want to be calling the Bradford store or the London store or the Oxford Street store there's lots of different variables that might determine the right place to speak to or it might be something that's like a, a, a kind of head office type of conversation you know so it sometimes requires a lot of fiddling around to figure out where to just put a call through to basically um, right. and so I'd be interested in getting your thoughts on the best way to approach that it's not necessarily a commerce as such pure player use case because it, it could be a lot of different issues that people have when they do call but we'll get into that we'll, we'll play the video first and then we'll we'll get into the uh thank the you internet. for calling the customer center how can i help you hi i had an order that was scheduled for curbside pickup but i'm not going to be able to make the drive to the store this week can i have the order switched to delivery instead the order number is 51268 give me a moment it looks like your order is eligible to be switched to home delivery. Would you like to confirm this change? Yes. 
Your order has been successfully changed to home delivery and is scheduled to arrive within two to three business days. Is there anything else I can help you with today? Can I also find out the status of another order number? 57479? One sec. Your order is still in process and hasn't been shipped. Is there anything else I can help you with today? I need to talk to an agent. Okay. Please hold while I find an available agent. Hello. Yeah, hi. I'm looking to find the status of my order. Oh, hi. This is Ali from Core Store. Here we see the customer's past interaction is available for quick reference. Are you looking to find the status of your order 57479? No, I need another one. Oh, sure. Which one is the order number? 60261. Give me a second, please. Sure. Agent Assist monitors the conversation and contextual menus are automatically generated. I am checking your order just to confirm it's the order status for order 60261, right? Correct. Agent Assist then offers timely response suggestions for better customer and agent experiences. Uh, your order is still in process and hasn't been shipped. Is there anything else I can help you with today or anything else you would like to know? Uh, no, that's all for now. Thank you for your help. Okay, have a nice day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Cool. That was great. Good example of the front end. Good example of the back end. Agent assist in there as well. Tell us your thoughts on uh, and what we just saw there. Yeah, I think the uh, the example here is not about uh, uh, contact center automation. This is all about store calls automation. Right. That's the difference today. If you look at retail as an industry. Every store has a phone number that people can call into, and they have a corporate to call into. When you call the corporate, they don't know anything about other than the digital orders. Right? It's typically, if they have a digital channel, they can talk about all the online orders. But anything to do with store, they'll tell you to call the store. When you call the store, nobody picks up the phone call. Right? And that is uh, that is a well-known thing. And uh, some of the metrics I know, by talking to some of the retailers, is the call answer rate, I'm not talking about abandon rate, because it's going to be shaming the exercise. The call answer rate is about 35% to 40% today, which means that wow. you're not answering every other call that customers are calling to, right? And even if they call, they're not trained people to answer like a contact center employees can do, be empathetic with the customer because they're dealing with multiple things. They have somebody tapping their shoulder, they're replenishing stock, they have phone on the other hand. So they're doing multitasking and the end consumer that's calling is not getting the better service. The opportunity here is take the goodness of all the contacts and automation we did and extend it to each store so that the dashboard that you're seeing, the agent desktop, is given to customer support department within the store. So that is the cool thing that we're enabling here. When the call comes in, they don't need to deal with like, they're not getting thousands of calls. They may get like 50, 100, 200 calls a day. And somebody in the customer support department can take all the calls without routing to each department and be able to answer everything they're asking because we have all the knowledge and know-how. The first example you saw where we're enabling employees, similarly, the same bot is having an agent assist you know, uh, framework. Now it's enabling somebody that's picking up phone calls to answer anything the customer's asking for, whether it is inventory availability, why do people call? Hey, do you have this particular product in stock? Uh, can I place an order with something? Or I need to speak to somebody as an expert. And this person has this agent assist that's making them smarter 
to answer any question the customers may have so that you don't ever need to route a call to a department. One person can pick up the call or let the bot pick up the call and try to answer the call. If it ever needs to be routed to an agent, then the agent or the associate in the store can pick up the call and answer those questions. Mm, that's really good. That is definitely really good. Um, what are some of the sort of challenges that might be present presented there? Like, I remember, I remember when um, Amazon there was a, there was a bit of a kind of a small trend, if you like, where. People were trying to use Amazon Alexa to uh, automate various hotel-based hospitality sort of like travel use cases. Um, yeah. Some companies have done that very well now, actually, not with Alexa, but just generally speaking. I'm sure you've probably got a few customers doing the similar. Um, but what was found is that one kind of platform that was intending to do kind of like guest liaison can you bring me some slippers can i have a robe like what time's your pool close for trying to do that for a chain of hotels proved right. to be difficult for a number of reasons like each specific location had different amenities and things like that that they couldn't couldn't do and also right. some of the hotel groups because they just acquired a load of different companies, they were actually all running on slightly yeah. different systems. So it wasn't just that yeah. the, the actual things that you could do at the hotel were different, but the underlying systems were different as well. Is there any considerations like that to bear in mind when it comes to, because now we're talking about very specific localized examples working with a yeah. specific store. Any any kind of learnings that you've had on that front that you might be able to share with us? Yeah, I think the we're not trying to automate everything. That's the good thing here, right? We're trying to augment people with technology. And we're only automating use cases that are very frequent calls. For example, order status, curbside pickup. I'm on the curbside, I see a number on the parking lot, I call that number. So those calls are the ones we're looking at automating. Not every call can be automated. We we acknowledge that, right? So some calls needs to be routed to employees. But what we're doing on the other side is how do you reduce the call handling times? by providing a bot to an employee. That is the strategy we took, where we're kind of using augmentation rather than automating everything. And certain things, you can automate those things. And there are other avenues to automate those things, like digital world, right? So you can go to their website and look at order status. You know, you can find product availability. Some of those things are already there. All we're doing is a demographic that makes a phone call. We're serving them by answering and automating those calls. And if things that are not can cannot be automated across the chain, those will become a call handed off to an agent and that agent or an associate will answer those calls. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's definitely, um, it's definitely not necessarily about automating anything. And, and I think that even if you automate the ones that can be automated, if out of a hundred phone calls to that store, if you can automate X percentage of them, then you know at, at least there's less going through. If 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 the store is only an, is only answering one out of every two calls, then at right. least hopefully the, the the agent can kind of you know uh, you know yeah make that process a bit easier. Um, but is there have you noticed that with kind of different retailers, um, do they tend to have the same kind of so like in order in order for the agent assist part as well to be useful, it needs to have local data doesn't it? it needs to have local data about the local store and we've got to the question around you know um the i can't what you call it now the planner the planograms was it mm-hmm. so they should have planograms which tells us what's where and so like that is yeah. is there any other kind of like if a retailer was looking at this now thinking you know i might i might consider doing this are there any other sort of like considerations when implementing something like this at a local level 
that they might need to be aware of. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, have you have you noticed that like I don't yeah. know some chains have different POS systems in different locations and therefore requires some slight customization? Or have you noticed that things are fairly sort of standardized and stuff like that? Like, yeah, no, I think because of the digital strategies, retailers have evolved a lot, right? I mean, if you, if if you asked me the same question seven eight years ago, I would have said, oh, there's no way we can scale this thing. But the, because of the digital strategies they all had, they all have APIs available now. They all invested in DOMs, especially with the during COVID time. There was like a mad rush to deploy DOMs, right? Distributed order management. So now that they have DOMs, it's not hundred percent there in terms of inventory accuracy. But at least you can always do systems of check and systems of reality. For example, uh, uh, take an example. I called in a store for plumbing expertise, right? So. Obviously, we can automate everything they're asking for, but the call needs to now go and talk to somebody that's doing plumbing. So the employee who's picking up the phone call can always use their walkie-talkie and pays the expert who can look at who the expert in the store, and then I can talk to him and then make sure they pick up the phone call, right? So this is all about enabling it, technology so that they're performing better. That's why I called it, I never called it automation, I called it augmentation, right? Yeah. So that you're you're making tools available for them so that they can work better rather than trying to automate. Because there's going to be, it's like a snowflake. The example I always say is retail stores are like snowflakes. Everything sounds and looks the same, but they're all different. They all have their own tiny differences for their stores. So we can never serve 100% of the use cases, but we can at least serve 70% of the use cases that are common across all their digital strategies, which is where they're trying to create a digital storefront. Because end of the day, they have one website. They don't have multiple websites for their brand. And they're trying to unify all of these things and trying to make it as simple as possible so that as common as possible so that customers on the digital world can get the same experience in every store. Mm. Yeah, that's great. And you also mentioned when we last spoke, you mentioned something to do with like voicemails or something like that. That is correct. So for example, if somebody, if nobody's available and you called at, uh, at the end of uh, the shift or everybody is packing up, so we can always take a message from the customer and then schedule a call back with them, just like how airlines do today, which is a typical contact center solution. Hey, our agents are busy right now. We can't pick the call. Uh, can we get your number? We'll call you back. So that way we're taking that message back and then creating a task back to employees using task management so that they know they need to call this particular customer back so that they are never losing a call that a customer is calling to your store. And there is always an opportunity to go back and reach into them. Mm. That's wicked. That's wicked. Because I suppose you don't really know, like, how much is left on the table, do you? Especially in physical, on a website, you can see, okay, we've had, yeah. I don't know, 6 million users this month and X percent of yeah. cart abandonments. You kind of know what's been left on the table online. Whereas in store, yeah. you don't. You could, I could walk into Curry's or PC World or, you know, any shop tomorrow. Walk in yeah. there with the full intention to buy a six hundred dollar TV. Go in yeah. there, change my mind for some we some reason that could have quite easily been avoided, and then walk out. And no one knows whether or not when I first came in there, I only ever had the intention to browse and I'm doing research, or whether I had money in my pocket and I'm ready to buy. Like so, I suppose using things like that making sure that no ball is dropped, every call that comes in gets a call back and starting to visualize more of that stuff to, to, to staff it helps. Right. It might not help get them vis visibility in how much is left on the table, so to speak, but at least it allows them to not drop any balls. That's exactly right, right? So it's a lost opportunity if you're not picking up those phone calls. The customer may be upset with you, upset with the brand. 
and every retailer wants to hear from their customer and that's a great opportunity to improve yourself right any retailer he listen to your customers on what they have to say and they want to talk to you and why would you not want to talk to them right so this is a great opportunity for them to use technology to answer those questions at places but augment the employees so that they can be better at answering questions rather than uh, not answering any questions you know why would you go and buy uh elsewhere when you're getting all the answer all the questions answered and you're getting the service you need you go to a store you want to buy a tv and you go and tap at the shoulder of an employee and ask him hey where do i find it or you want to have a self service i'm a demographic that i don't want to talk to a person i just want to get self service you have a qr code there scan the qr code get all the information you need about the tvs and the bots are helping you with everything and you can buy it from there say i click i want to buy this thing then you can automatically switch to the uh, mobile app of the of the of the retailer and automatically complete the transaction digitally and you can buy that on your way out for example if they don't have stock in their store retailer some retailers are looking at this where you can place the order and they can switch the order from digital to on uh, last mile delivery if you're in the store you want to buy it and pick it up we can always move that order to digital order and then deliver it to their home so that you're not losing the business from that that is where mm. omni channel in retail is a great example where you're kind of mixing and matching both people buying online pick them in the store people coming to the store to buy you don't have in stock you can convert into a digital order and then automatically you serve the customer at the last mile mm that's good especially i think the delivery times are important in that situation now because when someone goes in store they expect to yeah. walk out with something in their hand and so if you can say okay we don't have it in store but because what they're going to do is they're going to walk out and go somewhere else so if you can say that's like right. we can get it to you quick enough you know it's it's right. it starts to be compelling doesn't it you know yeah um, absolutely absolutely cool so we've got uh, i think we've got one more video this is a uh, third video is like a digital associate video i think this is this is probably more uh, aligned to what i think people may have expected this conversation to be about which is more around right. you know assistance on That's websites right. but it's but it's a great yeah. example because there's some other features in here which again is not just pure text in text out so uh we'll play this third video and then we'll we'll have a chat about that one john recently graduated college got a new job and is moving into his new apartment he needs a new tv and uses a web chat session on the manufacturer website Instead of a typical filter option, he uses a combination of natural language and an in-chat form to specify what he's looking for. Options are returned within the session where he can view detailed specs and then hit the Buy Now button when he's ready. The virtual assistant now guides him through the buying experience, asking for customer information including name, phone number, and address information. Attempting to get him the best price, two different partner promotions are presented for selection. He can then be redirected to the partner site to complete the purchase. Before heading out to the store to pick up his new TV, he realizes he might need a few more accessories, so he calls and checks to see what's included in the box. How can I help you today? Hi, I bought a TV recently, and I wonder what comes in the box. Your new TV will come with product and owner manuals, a remote control, and all necessary installation hardware. For a better experience, there are deals on sound bars. If you'd like, I can send an SMS with those details. Uh, yes, that's okay. Yeah. Great. The details were sent to your mobile phone. I'll remain here while you select the one you like. Okay, one sec. Um, I'll just go with this first one. 
The sound bar you selected is available at your local store for just $99. I'm sending you another link to complete your purchase. Is there anything else I can help you with today? No, that's perfect. Thank you. He makes his purchase and selects curbside pickup. When he arrives at the store, the staff is notified of his arrival. A customer has arrived for curbside pickup. Nice. I love hearing curbside pickup. We don't have uh, curbside pickup in the UK, really. I mean, you can go and pick up your shopping, like your groceries, but they don't tend to call it curbside pickup. I can't remember. Click and collect, they call it. Click and collect. But it it seems as though curbside pickup is more of a thing in, like, not just groceries, but for all sorts in the US now, is it? That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's my no. Uh, that's a, that's another good example there. And again, like I'm a stickler for sort of like you know the the sort of design choices, and uh, I, I like the way that the you kind of brought up that filter as part of the UI, um, because again, the conversational UIs in general have limitations, and so in order right. to get around those limited, rather than like imagine that was a quest a series of question and answers. Can you give me a range of the size of TV screens you're looking for, please? Oh, I'm looking for anything yeah. between like 55 and whatever. So I think, yeah, being able to use different UI elements in, in as part of the, the interaction, I think, is a really good, uh, really good shout. You had you had a bit of sort of like, um, you know, multi-channel sort of journeys there as well, going from phone to yeah. text and and back and stuff like that, which is quite good. I, I, I think people will end up using that a lot more. I think because again, voice has got limitations. Everything's kind of real time. You can't see what you're doing. You don't really have time to think. And so, texting uh, as a as a sort of uh, a fallback, not a fallback, but to enrich that experience. I think texting is is a good idea. And then a demonstration of how it's linked into to the the kind of curbside pickup sort of collection system. And that was. Uh, was great, but any 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 thoughts you have, uh, Gopi, on on what we just saw there? Yeah. John recently doing a build up of this whole exercise. I know we should have started this one. The reason why I didn't start with this <laughs> one is you get to see the experience of it, right? So uh, we call this connected experience, right? In this, what you saw is an experience of a chatbot, an experience of a voice call, an experience of an employee getting paged on their walkie-talkies or the zebra devices or their walkie-talkies to get the product out. So this solution kind of combines and stitches everything together to provide that connected experience that customers are looking for. I don't care whether I'm using a chatbot, I don't care I'm calling to you, uh, or I'm getting the service when it's a physical uh, involvement rather than the digital world. This is what I call, you're bridging the digital to physical world, where somebody is ordering something online and you're coming and picking up on the curbside for you, as well as you're having a connected experience from an omni-channel perspective, where I'm switching from one channel to the other and getting the same seamless experience and be also able to talk to somebody in the store uh, as the second example we saw. So that kind of switches together. Uh, This particular example is something that I I love uh, because you cannot use generative AI or conversational AI to solve some of these pain points we are asking for. But I can use generative AI, for example, to answer any question they have around the TV. Like you can be a question, hey, what is OLED means? I don't know what the hell is OLED is because there is QLED, OLED, all kinds of LEDs out there. So if you don't know what you're buying, that persona customer can use conversational AI, generative AI to provide the right responses to understand what is QLED. And we don't need to build those things. Generative AI has all the knowledge of what is QLED, OLED, all of that. So we can combine those things. The specific persona that you saw there was customer knew exactly what they want to buy. They came to the bar. They're trying to interact with it and they can organize the whole thing, including appointment management, including scheduling their pickup in the store. So that whole connected experience is what we're really showing here. 
in here, you're nowhere leaving the customer uh, from, from your side. You're kind of stitching one to the other to the other, where you're not giving a room for them to leave away and look somewhere else as a price. You're giving them the price options, where they get the better pricing. So which is why you're looking for, what do you do when you go shop? You want to go look at 10 places and do the shopping. We're doing all of that for you by giving examples of here is two vendors that we have, uh, shoppers we have, uh, suppliers, they can actually sell you a different price and who's offering better price. So that's the journey we're offering for the consumers. Uh, as you and I want to buy a TV, what experience you would like to have is what we're showing here. Mm, that is good. That is really good. Um, where is the sort of orchestration of that process happening so like that that for me there is what what i call conversational service design which is not a yeah. chatbot answering a question it's joining together an end-to-end customer journey using conversational yeah. ai and also through sequencing together lots of different systems so in right. order to do that though you need to have context of the chat journey brought yeah. through onto the uh, phone channel and then yep. whatever happens on the phone channel needs to be thread back through to the employee experience. And then right. presumably like when the customer arrives there, they might be able to just tell another chatbot or the same chatbot or whatever that I'm here. And then that can then, you know, go away and, and tell people that they're here. So so what you're kind of doing is you're like you're sequencing together lots of different channels, lots of different technologies, but something somewhere needs to join together all of the, that whole journey. It's like a journey right. orchestration layer, service design layer. Is that yep. happening in the core platform or is that happening somewhere else? Like what what, what big no, technology it, is responsible for maintaining that journey? So we're doing it in our XO platform, right? In XO, for us, everything is a chat interaction, even though whether it's voice, whether it is uh, chat or SMS or any other channel, what we see is once it's translated, it's text is what we see. And we're doing orchestration within an XO. We built a product called Retail Assist. Retail Assist is the engine that looks at all these things and make those orchestration happen. So that the, when a customer comes in, we're talking to CDPs as an example, Retail Assist. We get the context of the customer. We talk to CDP, you know, whether on, they're on the digital space or they make a phone call based on their caller ID. We can go and look at their profile and pull out who's calling. So we have these various, you know, uh, ingestion points. Uh, the next thing is, where do I get product information? We talk to PIM APIs, like the product information database they have on the digital space where we're ingesting lots of lots of data from their e-commerce website into our system. Now we are knowing everything that they have in their product line. And we have a search engine that goes and searches the product. So that's the second one. And the third one is, uh, once they're ready to do the delivery, we have an orchestration engine that has Work Assist. I'm sure you heard, you heard about Work Assist that uh, mm -hmm. Core has. So we have all the tasks being created there. And then for every task that's coming in, we have notifications going to employees based on where they are. The QR code that you scan or the number that you're dialing on the curbside, we know what code is that, right? What that code is mapped to a store, which store is it? So based on the location, based on the number you're calling from, we can actually automate and orchestrate and connect back to that flow because we know about that customer and all of this is happening because of CDP. So we connect to CDP and CDP is making a lot of this happen for us. Nice. Nice. Like it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. So there you are, boys and girls. There is three uh, innovative AI use cases for uh, for retail. We've got the employee 
management. We've got the contact center solutions. We've got the digital associates. And actually, at the end there, I think what we're seeing is the ability to thread all of this stuff together to not just create one-off instances of little conversational, narrowly applied problem-solving things, but actually to stitch together and, and thread together all of these interactions across channels and across time to really build what is, a, I suppose, a completely different way of looking at the, the whole customer journey, basically, which is, uh, which is fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, anything else to add, Gopi, before we, before we wrap up? Any other kind of last bits of advice for retailers looking to try and explore this, this technology? Yeah, no, I think one of the things I want to say to retailers is everyone has tried chatbot 1.0, right? Everybody built chatbots when chatbots came in the, in 2015-14 timeframe. But the problem with them is they're all menu-driven. They didn't have enough intelligence enough. So people have been burned because that option wasn't there. They don't want to have a bad experience of a chatbot. So they lose a customer not using it. But the technology has evolved, both from a conversational AI perspective as well as generative AI with, uh, with open AI. So everybody is thinking about it, but I want retailers to try these things. Uh, you know, the technology is there, not just from core, but there are other vendors in the industry that is looking at this thing uh, very closely. But the technology is there right now. I can tell you we're we're deploying about six or seven customers. Uh, retail assist was just released in April, so you could imagine uh, it's not even less than uh, less than a month. We're already deploying six or seven customers. There is a great demand for it, and whoever is doing quicker and faster are going to take advantage of it, both from a cost savings perspective, as well as increasing your top line because you're personalizing everything for customers, which is what they're looking for. And the next thing is various demographics need various things. You know, you have to be there where the customers are. Some people like TikTok. My daughter says that I, nobody buys from Facebook, nobody buys from Amazon. I go and buy from Etsy. I go buy from the shops that she's interested in. Uh, she wants to go to her research in TikTok, right? So you have to be there and serve your customers. And that is what uh, I recommend to re retailers. Look at all the options that's in the in the, in the the industry. And then we, we, we prefer to be that choice, but uh, retailers should act now and try to do something to solve the pain points of the industry. Agreed. Couldn't have said it better myself. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was Gopi Polavarapu of Core AI, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it, as I did. Thank you, Gopi, for joining me. It has been an absolute pleasure, um, entertaining and exciting and interesting as always. And uh, definitely retailers, now is the time. I think that definitely there's been enough kind of hype and attention on, on generative AI over the last uh, few months. But I think people want to be getting ahead of themselves, and, and the, the, everyone's getting ahead of themselves and saying, how can I use ChatGPT? And I think that what this conversation has shown is that, yes, generative AI is important and can pro provide tremendous value. But what we've been talking about in this conversation has been about how generative AI can be brought into the equation at the right moment, whereas actually what is required is the sequencing together of technologies in order to put together customer journeys that can be had and, and managed across any channel with conversational UI being the front end and generative AI just kind of feeds into that. So I think my sort of, my kind of, I've been banging this drum for a while, but I think it's, it's definitely being clarified today, which is that generative AI on its own doesn't really do anything. Generative AI combined with a platform like Core AI or, or the ability to sequence together steps in a customer journey and bring together various different business systems and data points to be able to provide that kind of, end-to-end -end customer journey 
is the most important thing. And you can do that with generative AI. You could probably do that without generative AI, but generative AI will bring a lot more to the party. And so I think that we're kind of getting to the place where retailers, not just retailers, but everybody should really be thinking about how are we delivering our services first and foremost, and how can we improve our end-to-end customer journeys first and foremost. And then let's talk about generative AI and how we can help do that. But let's not talk about generative AI as a little toy that we just want to kick around with because it's cool right now, you know? Anyway, that's my rant over. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you very much, Gopi, for joining me. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. And uh, I'll see you on the next one. We've got a couple of podcast episodes coming up very soon, which are going to be very interesting. The Conversation Squared podcast that uh, Benjamin McCulloch has been running all around conversation design has a very special guest interview talking about ChatGPT. I've got a bit of a hint there about who that guest might be coming up on that one. Uh, we'll be talking to Behavioral Signals and GenPact a uh, week after next. And uh, we'll be kind of uh, moving on with it. But if you you haven't got your tickets to Unparsed yet, please get your tickets to Unparsed. Unparsedconf.com, promo code VUXWORLD if you want to save 50%. And we'll see you on the next one.